Hi, welcome to the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh Bashinsky. Josh with a new deer skull behind him, Bashinsky. Don't worry, <laughs> I didn't shoot it. I just found it. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I have with me my Black Hat co-host, Clint Butler. Say hi there, Clint. Hi, everyone. Uh, if you never watched the show before, we are the best SEO show on the YouTubes. In fact, we're the best SEO show ever, period, anywhere. Why, you might ask? Well, because one, we have the best, the best facial hair and the best hats. Best hats. Clint has the best hat. Two, <laughs> that's a legitimate reason. Two, <laughs> uh, because we use this thing called science. We try and use massive correlation studies uh, that are niche specific. We do uh, actual controlled environment, uh, single variable experiments to see what is truly a ranking factor, what is truly a not ranking a factor. Not ranking a factor? Something like that. We find these things out, and that's why we are the best. We are not guessing. We are not uh, uh, just using what some guy on a blog said, or we're not simply going to SMX Advanced and being like, oh, I know whatever. I know what the SEO ranking factors are now. We're not doing any of those things. We're doing tests, and we have actual knowledge. So if you have any questions, you can watch the show live on YouTube.com. Uh, if you're watching the show live, which I know a whole bunch of you are right now, you can ask questions in the top right-hand side. Today is Site Clinic Arama, and we're going to just get right to the site clinics. There's nothing new going on SEO. It's summertime. It's all lazy, and no one's doing nothing. I just want to get my hair. There, that's better. So uh, <laughs> that's why Clint wears a hat because you know, it's 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 a it's a double edge. It's it's a pit of vanity. Um, and so we're going to do a site clinic today. There's really nothing new going on. So ask your SEO questions. Ask your niche questions. Ask your, your site clinic questions, put your site in the chat. We're going to get right to that. And like I said, there's really nothing going on new in SEO, at least in white hat SEO. Is there anything new going on in black hat SEO there, Clint? You know, it's not a lot. I think we're all still dealing with the indexing stuff. We're all still trying to figure out the last two updates and see what you know changed and what played around. But um, for the most part, it's kind of business as usual. I think everyone's, you know, calmed down for a little bit and then, you know, come – Next couple months, we'll start hitting, you know, the Halloweens and the Christmases, and start planning for that. <clears throat> this, so, indeed, indeed, yeah, no, it's the same indexing issues. Uh, Google, I, I, sorry, I'm wrong. There was something new uh, uh, on the 16th of this month, uh, 16th or 17th of this month. Apparently, there was a Google update, uh, uh, according to uh, Barry Schwartz on SE Roundtable. Uh, I can even get the. Uh, article going here now if you guys have never seen this before it's a nice little uh, thing to use uh, I hope you're looking at yeah here we go so Barry Schwartz you know he's 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 quite a guy um, he has a, <laughs> he has updates on his website of whenever Google makes an update and it's kind of useful for for diagnostic purposes it's not super useful but if you could see here if, if you could see here I'll make it a little bit bigger so you can see it easier he has you know all the updates that he's noticed over the years every single one every time there's an update or something going on and so if you see a bunch of ranking fluctuations on like say April 17th or 16th and you're like, okay, that's what this was. Or, or March 29th, if you see another fluctuation in your rankings, you you know, you, if you're wondering, was it an industry-wide shakeup or was it just a, a shakeup for me uh, specifically? You can always go on here and you can check it out. And so he did have an update uh, for over a week here. It says it's a broad core update. 
Whenever Google says it's a broad core update, usually they're talking about quality and relevance. Now, there was some uh, confusion on his blog recently about that. Um, uh, John Mueller recently, who's a Google employee, for those you who don't know, wanted to make a uh, 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 wanted to make um, uh, uh, a difference, a distinction between the previous quality updates they've done and these updates, which he said are more relevance-based. But for anyone who's been watching Google for a very long time, such as myself, I know that John Mueller will use the word, the adjective quality and relevance interchangeably. And when you think about it, quality and relevance are the same thing. A quality web page is one that is perfectly relevant to the person who wants to see it, and vice versa. A perfectly relevant page to the query and the person who wanted to see a topic XYZ is therefore a high quality page. Now those two Venn diagrams, those two circles, those things, they do diverge in some points where you know high quality can also mean not duplicated, not thin, not a crappy design, not, not an error report, you know, stuff like that, not spun. And relevant you know, might not necessarily mean those things either. Uh, but that all being said, and relevant is, is uh, related to what the person searched for. So it's all relevantly related. But, um, but so there you have it. So whenever Google talks about, in my opinion, whenever Google talks about a core update, whenever they talk about a quality update or a relevance update, it's all the same thing. It's their rolling panda that keeps rolling. That's checking pages, checking where people are searching, checking where they click, checking where they end up. And that's how they know that words ABC actually means uh, topic XYZ, and they can put the two and two together in that uh, in that way they can do it. So that's the only thing that's really kind of going on new in the SEO world. So let's just go right to the questions that we got going on here. Um, and Jason Witt asked us a question. He says, is there any point in having an old domain that has page rank, been also been expired for several years, and does not currently rank on Google 301 to a website? That's a good question. I know what my answer would be, but Clint, what would your answer be? <laughs> it would really depend on the backlinks. The, the backlinks profile are even still there. Um, and then what was that domain used for? But, but mainly the backlinks. If you're just going to 301 it to another website, that's all I really care about. Are they there? Are they live? Can I boost them up? Uh, is it worth the extra effort? You know? And is there another way to get those backlinks that I can just go direct to the site without the 301? Yes. That's more or less what I would say too, <laughs> except you said it better, so that's why I had you say it first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you say it has page rank. Well, how do you know if it's not indexed? It doesn't have page rank right now, but that's just a technical point. I mean, the, the question is, what are the what are the backlinks? What uh, can you still find them? Could you get them better? Could you email them and say, hey, I have a new source for this. You know, give me a new direct link. Um, you know, we've tested three hundred one redirects in our in our empirical testing. And for the most part, it works fine, but it's the for the most part that you need to worry about. And you always need to worry about whatever we test in a controlled environment doesn't always necessarily work in the field. And, and sometimes there's weird reasons why that is. And so Clint, I think you're totally correct. And, and if you can get a direct link, we know those work. That would be much, much better. Uh, but at least I'm the, I'm the white hat here. And so I'm talking about you know getting links as a, a better thing and yada, yada, yada. The more you go down the rabbit hole of black hat, is the more obviously I'm going to be like, well, you maybe shouldn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, okay, we have another question. GM asks, that might be John Mueller. John, thanks for watching the show. 
<laughs> uh, we're suddenly going to shut up now about everything that we know and how we know it. No, that's not John Mueller. I'm pretty sure. He asked, why do I have dinosaurs? Well, because he's um, a white hat and white hat are dinosaurs. <laughs> there you go. Why not? Why not? I, I used to say that this is the bones of Matt Cutts and this is the bones of John Mueller. Although John Mueller still works for Google. I don't know why he has bones, but, and this was a, a little, a little young buck, maybe two years old that I found. It had died and his skeleton was perfectly clean where I was hiking and I found it. So, so I put it there. Uh, okay. Benjamin Benjamin Brandt <laughs> asks, uh, guys, I have a white label basically an affiliate site where you point a domain at the company's DNS server and they provide the site. So I can't change or add content. I have a manual penalty for low quality content. Can I build a site on a subdomain and rank for my brand name or should I just set up a new domain .co, .co and rank for my brand name that way? Um, I... I'm having trouble understand what you mean, Ben. So he's got he's got a it's it's a domain name. He's an affiliate, and he just changes where the traffic is essentially. And then Google caught on to it. So now, you know that low quality thing. You can get through it, but having done penalty recoveries, honestly, it's just easier to start with the fresh domain uh, than try to get Google to start trusting that domain again. Because once it's there, you're pretty much screwed uh especially for that low quality one like the backlinking and all that stuff you know i got one back it took me a year uh but it came back um to where it's trusted again but that low quality thing that you know that's hey this site is either cloaking is what they think or you're um running a pbn or you're trying to get slick because they saw that redirect um so yeah i would just start a whole new domain personally I would agree with that. Uh, I've had the same experience. When, once you get a low quality or thin content penalty, it is really hard to get that site back. And and the way not to get it back is not to just copy the site and to another domain, because Google seems to be pretty pretty quick at catching on to those kinds of things. At least they were for me. Yeah. Um, it was an affiliate site as well that that Google gave me that penalty on. Um, but, uh, and, and I also agree that linking penalties are much easier to, to, to get rid of. I've gotten rid of tons of, of linking penalties. Um, and, and it's, it's more, I think statistically in, in Google's eyes, more, uh, legitimate websites get linking penalties. It's, it's the thin content penalties and the spam, pure spam penalties, which are really just kind of the, the lowest cruft of the cruft kind of affiliate sites they give it to that that they really don't care about. And they have so many of those rankings. So many people are is trying that, that if you make it through by doing that, it's actually quite kind of a miracle, really. Um, so, but that being said, Benjamin, I'm not sure if your suggested workaround is going to work. I mean, if you just copy the site over to another domain name, Google's going to probably catch that pretty quickly. Um, again, I give you the, well, the warning. I'm the white hat here. And so whenever I'm doing an affiliate site, I'm doing a robust uh, advertorial blog review style site where the articles are completely relevant and well-written and good and interesting and useful and, um, and, <laughs> and not duplicated. Uh, and that's how I would go about doing affiliate marketing uh, for, for organic rankings for SEO. Uh, and, uh, and so that's how I would do it. 
Um, I, I, you know, I, I can't really comment on this, uh, uh, this, this strategy other than to say, in my opinion, it's just too risky and, and too much work in my opinion. And I know my, I know my way works. And so that's why I do it that way. And I know all the hurdles I need to go over in that regard, not to get the thin content penalties. Cause I have made plenty of affiliate sites over the years, which were just essentially a carbon copy of the, the main site. And I just, I just, in fact, one, one time I tricked Google into thinking that my affiliate site was actually the brand site uh, because I saw on the auto suggest that people were, this was for um, a product called life cell South beach skincare or something like that. But because it has a stupid name, a stupid long name and everyone was calling it online and the auto suggest, I noticed they're calling it lifestyle anti-aging. So I registered lifestyle, lifestyle anti-aging.com. And uh, and I was I was running that, and I was tricking people into thinking that I was a brand site and making a lot of sales that way. So uh, that worked for a number of years. Actually, Google didn't get rid of it half now because I stopped SEOing and I stopped doing stuff to it. But Google actually didn't catch on. It was the uh, it was the actual main brand that caught on and was like, oh, dude, you know, you're kind of pretending to be us. What's going on here?" And I had to negotiate with them. So. So that's kind of a story from the old vault of Josh's affiliate, various nefarious affiliate attempts <laughs> of trying to do things. But uh, Clint, do you have a story of uh, affiliate stuff of trying to do stuff like that? Uh, no, I've ranked, outranked people for their own brand names, but usually it's because their product sucked and it was worth mm -hmm. doing that and save people some money. So that's oh. why I had to, that's why I learned penalty recovery because you do that to other SEOs and they're going to get pissed off and point their shitty products at your website and lo and behold, it turns into a black hack technique or a mega <laughs> right. SEO technique. So. <laughs> Or they, uh, or they report you to Google, and and uh, Google eventually takes a look and, and sees what's going on or something. Yeah. Uh, so Benjamin, I'm not really sure if you got the answer you wanted, but uh, that's that's the answer that I would give. Um, I would I would do a whole another tactic personally. I, I I see I see low diminishing returns in in that kind of vein. But again, Clint would know more. Maybe email Clint, and he could help you out with that. Um, they say, oh, so he, he goes on. He says, thanks, guys. I just need to rank for my brand name. I'm not trying to move the site. Uh, like build a blog and rank for my brand name. Can't I can't control the content. Um, yeah, I mean, and again, I, I would just say the same thing. Is that any 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 scenario where I can't control the content? If you can't control the content, you can't reliably control the rankings. And so, and I try not to go into any project where I can't reliably know for sure that I'm going to be able to rank and and do it. My time for me is just too precious to have projects that are complete maybes. I have actually, I have enough projects that are just complete maybes. It's called a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a complete maybe. That's the only one I'm gambling on right now. I wouldn't even gamble on Bitcoin earlier. I'm like, I've got, I've already have three or four hundred thousand dollars invested in a huge gamble. It's called a movie, and so I'll just do that. Uh, so everything else, all my other uh, ventures, uh, I'm usually only doing for sure stuff. And so uh, that's what's going on there. So guys, today we're doing an SEO question and site clinic show. Again, put your questions in the chat. Put your questions, uh, if you have a site you want us to look at, that is always good too. We can always take a look at it uh, and take a look and see what's going on with your site. So if you have questions or any sites you want us to look at, go ahead and put it in there. Clint, while you guys are doing that, Clint, so do you agree with my way of doing affiliate sites or would or do you do you do them differently? Do you do do do, do, you do the advertorial review blog style or do you actually try and still try and outrank like the main brand with like a fake fake kind of web page or, or how, yeah. how do you what are the it ways depends. you do it? Yeah, it depends on what the their thing is. Like the Amazon review the Amazon sites, those are getting 
more scrutiny. So, because mm -hmm. you know, all those plugins where you can go in there and grab the description and the product images and all that stuff, and poof, you have an Amazon store that you know, uh, Google caught on to those and they were sending out thin content penalties for those. So, it's you know, I'm working with some other people that made a custom design theme kind of going along that Jeff Lenny style where you have all that unique content and you know um, so for the short term you know the thin stuff works mm. um, but the, the problem is you put so much effort into it you have to it's got to be about timing and then hope you don't get caught um, so a thin a thin e-com store it's all affiliate product stuff for Amazon you build it out, it's all ready for Christmas, and then the manual review kind of comes right before Black Friday and screws you, and all your work's gone worthless. So um, I guess it really just depends on your risk, and you're, you're willing to risk it, in fact, and that makes, makes sense. Right. Ye, ye oldie SWOT analysis, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yeah, exactly. uh, what you should do for any business venture, quite frankly, uh, whether it's web-based or you're buying a, you're buying a, a store on a, on a brick and mortar or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and quite frankly, that review style blog is is perfectly white hat. I mean, that's exactly what John Mueller says to do. John Mueller, I mean, I know it seems that Google is very um, uh, prejudiced against affiliate sites, and quite frankly, between us and everyone watching, they are. Yep. But John Mueller tries to downplay that by saying, if you have if you have a legitimate good opinion and a good review, and you're a good writer about a product, they they don't mind those kinds of sites, and those sites can still kind of rank. Not that this is a new idea. Everyone, their dog has been doing this since affiliate marketing has begun. And there's better ways of doing it and worse ways of doing it. There's more obviously spammy, advertorial ways of doing it. Like clearly these guys just slap together the worst Filipino writer, no offense to any Filipinos or Indians out there, but someone who barely understands English, that they paid $1.50 for an article, you know, and it's like, oh, this skin cream of the cream is the skinniest cream, you know, like some kind of crappy article. <laughs> I just buy now and they have a big, huge button and it's like, you know, some obviously obvious kind of WordPress, uh, you know, uh, a template that everyone uses and there's a million of these kinds of sites. I mean, that's that's right and wrong for a number of different reasons. It's right because I think that's the advertorial long sales page, I think psychologically, as many studies prove it sells best and better. The problem is that is, is not necessarily that you're doing it that way. We're not the moral police and no one gives a crap about that. It's uh, it's it's that I just said there was 10,000 people doing it, right? So if you have tons of competition of the exact same kind of site, you're making it really difficult for Google to try, try to rank you. It's not just about throwing links at it and having good content. I mean, it is at the end of the day, a numbers game like that, but there, there is some differentiation, some brand differentiation. You got to use right you gotta look at the SERP and see okay there's already eight review style blog uh, articles there how am I gonna stand out with this review blog right like what, what are some of the tactics you can think of or use some people use like it's a scam you know like read this first it's a scam kind of thing have you ever tried that before Oh yeah, when I used to, when I first got started in learning SEO, I was in the uh, multi-level marketing and scam company name, scam company name, just boom, boom, boom. I turned out all kinds of those things. If you ever <laughs> want to get bored and hate writing content, go into MLM and try to do that kind of shit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, it's. What was his other question? I got messed up on here. 
I, I think he was just he just explaining his trying to explain a situation. Yeah. So I, I will finish this point on affiliate stuff. So I mean, so I mean that's the way I do it. And, and if you do it the way that I'm doing it, and you really actually have a good writer who understands, you know, or, or getting you you, it, it's a great it's approaching that right. It's not a it's not a black and white. It's a it's a scale of gray of how close you get to something that's wow that's really interesting. It really helped. I mean, for example, I'm an avid gamer. I play a lot of video games, and I read video game reviews all the time. And I know for a fact they're they're affiliate based. I'm not an idiot, right? But I still trust some of these game reviews, and I, I go to the ones where I can get a pros and cons list. I go to the ones where I mean, every, we all I'm sure we all read reviews online for stuff we're buying, right? And uh, and we can all pretty quickly spot oh that's an affiliate site, that's an affiliate site. And I, I think the I think the common person can do that as well. I mean, I don't think baby boomers can do it very well. Like my parents can't do it. They have no idea. What's a scam online and what's not? They've gotten their credit card ripped off like literally four times. They have no idea. Like I think Gen Xers and younger just can can genetically we can see a scam immediately because the font's not right, you know, or doesn't feel right or whatever. I don't think baby boomers can do it. It's kind of a very interesting study, but but getting back to affiliate stuff, the closer you get to an, a really good article which is informative, which actually helps people make that decision. You're going to get the quality signal in Google. You're going to get the clicks. You're going to, and if you do all the other SEO correctly, if you know how to do on page correctly, if you know how to do off page, uh, social links and things like that, and technical and speed and, and all that stuff, if you know how to do all that stuff correctly, you've been following us and you know what Cora tells you to do and you know what we've been telling you to do, then yes, you can succeed. But at the same time, ah, I said Cora three times and Ted Kubai disappeared. <laughs> Hi, Ted. How you doing? Uh, just, uh, you can come in in a second. I just want to finish my point, uh, my, my rant here on affiliate marketing. That, yeah. um, that but even though, even if you get really close to like the pinnacle of like the great, the best kind of review site for, for, for topic X, Y, Z, you still got to see if there's eight other guys there already doing it, then you got to think, how am I going to differentiate myself? Maybe that wasn't a good candidate to try and go into to begin with anyway. So we are joined by Ted Kabaitis. I said Cora three times and he appeared. And Ted, I know you just released a new version of Cora. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, it's uh, it's an unstable version. I think 3.9 will be the next stable version. Oh, so, <laughs> I like, he, fully, he fully admits it's an unstable. Oh, it's an unstable version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's got some, some improvements. It's got some cool stuff in it, uh, but 3.9 is going to have the embedded Chrome, which is going to be a big deal. Uh, so I'm uh, actually working as, as quickly as I can to get us to 3.9, because that's going to be a big advancement. Well, then, dude, what are you doing here? You should be coding right now. Well, I, I plan to right after this. <laughs> no, no, stay. Stay on the show. You're smart. I like having you on the show. I was just, I was just joking. I was just joking. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, again, as I said, folks, if you're watching, we're doing a, just a, a Q&A today. Ask us anything you want to know about SEO, and we'll tell you about it. I will tell you actually the, the truth about it and actually how to do it and actually what's working and actually what's not working. And if you have a, a site for us to look at, go ahead and put it in the chat. If you can, just try and put some stars or asterisks beside it so I know it's for me. It's not just chat back and forth. But, uh, and you know, these Coke bottle glasses here are hard for me to, to see sometimes. You know, I'm blind as a bat. Uh, so DM Zane says, if you're doing some black hat style backlinking like PBN, how can you index multi-sites at once? Ah, so it's an indexing problem. So 
You can't. Plus mentioning indexing has been an issue. Watch um, the last three weeks of shows. Yeah, watch the last three weeks of shows, and you'll see that indexing has been an issue for at least that long. Um, so you know, you're just going to have to figure it out on your own. You're going to troubleshoot and find your own tricky way, and, and don't tell anybody about it because uh, stuff's getting harder and harder to get in the index. And I think it's just Google screwed something up. And it is taking their sweet time fixing it because it's not really affecting their bottom line. So, <laughs> or maybe Google screwed something up and realized with all the black hat chatter that actually it's making it difficult for black hats. Maybe they said, "Oh, maybe we'll leave it." <laughs> well, it's making it difficult for black hats, but it's making it difficult for legit businesses too. You know, I've got plenty of white hat sites where we wait and let Google index things, and you know, I post up for one or two months before they're in the index. And by then, it's not any good. Which is contrary to their freshness, deserves diversity, or whatever the heck you, you're, you're saying is for that. Um, so, you know, if I can't post fresh content because you won't index it, and I'm following all your rules, then what good are your rules? Exactly, you bastards, <laughs> Google. Damn you to hell. You could look at the deer skull. That's you, Google, right there. You're in my, you're in my sights. No, um, yeah, of course, I would have a really smarmy white hat answer. Well, then. Then don't do black hat, just do white hat stuff. But you're right. There are white hats. There are white hats who are having trouble too. You know, if it, it, it's 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 getting in the way. And you said there was some data center problems too. Like people in Dallas were seeing something different than people on the eastern seaboard and, and whatnot. Yeah, and I asked John Mueller about that, and he played it off like, "Oh, that's been always like that." No, I didn't really want to get into the big old. No, it hasn't. If, if it has, you know, if it hasn't always been like that, then I would have noticed it before and asked you before. Mm. If this is a new issue, and then all of a sudden, it was not what I think a week later after he had that AMA uh, that they publicly came out and said, "Yeah, we've screwed some stuff up. We're trying to fix it." Uh, something along those lines. Oh, so then it, see, or, it had some. It had we some were not. We were not aware that it was broken. I was like, "How are you not aware? Everyone's telling you about it, and now they're." <laughs> Well, you, but we're second-class citizens, so we can tell them all we like. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like when my when you know I used to do IT support, and and someone would tell me that the the their their, their keyboard's not working, and I'd be like, oh yeah, well how'd you send this email? Then you're like, you know, <laughs> IT guys tend to have a kind of view of like, oh yeah, sure, okay, maybe there's a problem, maybe not. I'll come see you next week, you know, kind of kind of a deal. So, DM, I mean, if you wanted the white hat answer, I would say, well, then if we're having trouble indexing pages, then don't rely on a strategy that means you need to make so many links that indexing is a problem. I acquire links for my my clients and my websites all the time. I have yet to run into this indexing problem, but it's because I'm going I'm going for quality. I'm going for I'm going for quality. If you know what this this means right here, <laughs> this this motion I'm doing, I'm going for quality stuff, and I don't. I'm not going for you know tiny little links that might not be counted anyway. You might have trouble indexing, uh, but that's a philosophical difference. I mean, there's 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 the white hat way of doing it and the black hat way of doing it. The white hat way of doing it when when I'm acquiring links, if you nudge nudge, wink wink, say no more, say no more. Um. Uh, okay, so. Someone whose name I cannot pronounce, Ovidius, Ovidius Drungulus. If that's a real name, more power to you. I thought Bashinsky was a terrible name. Where can I check my page has a penalty or not? Because my web main page gone from Google search with main keywords, post pages in search 
just main page. Okay, if I understand what you're saying, uh, well, to give you the three-second answer, if you want to see if you officially have a Google penalty, you need to install Google Search Console. Google Search Console it used to be called Webmaster Tools. It's a free tool. You install it on your site. And uh, it'll tell you if you have a manual penalty or not. But there are a million reasons why you might not be ranking that has nothing to do with a manual penalty. Uh, if your main page is gone from Google Search with the main keywords, that could also be Panda. That could be a lot of uh, algorithmic issues that will not be shown in Search Console, at least not directly. You need to have an audit. You need to get some serious uh, technical uh, SEO going on, audit going on, off-page audit and on-page audit to see what's going on there. Uh, I do that as a service uh, for, for customers. I'm not cheap either. So you can also join my Skype group and you might be able to uh, uh, diagnose it there. Or why don't you share your site with us here on the show and maybe we can take a quick look and maybe give you some, some quick five-minute pointers if, uh, if you want to check that out. Joel asks, can a local real estate agent outrank Yelp and Zillow? Ooh, that's a good question. What do you guys think? Think it's possible? Yeah. Uh, it depends on the terms too. Terms and their domain, and the amount of money that they have, because it's gonna take some time. Yeah, I mean, my belief—you know—I can't prove this obviously, but my my belief is that uh, by and large, for most of us, Google is just simply stack ranking our websites for a keyword based on the factors that they measure. So if you can figure out where your deficits are in those factors and eliminate them. You know, most of the time that'll help you. And I spent 17 years competing with Amazon and Etsy and eBay and Walmart. And, you know, I didn't win them all, but I won a lot of them. And so I know it can be done. So for those of you who, who, who don't know this argument between Ted and I, <laughs> uh, he's talking about this thing called query deserves diversity which is uh, 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 a theory, a philosophy, for lack of a better word, that, that Google uses or is, is reputed to use, that some queries, some search queries, deserve a diverse uh, uh, collection of web pages. That means they will sometimes cherry pick. Uh, if they're doing this, it means they will cherry pick pages. Like, we think this, this uh, like, sometimes you want a, a definition. Sometimes you want a video. What do you want? Like, especially on queries, like head terms, where like if you just typed in, I don't know, shirts, and they're like, we don't know if you want shirts, you want videos on shirts, you or like a weird word, you want a definition of this word, like like what do you want? Um, so uh, what's Ted saying there is he believes that that happens far less than I believe it happens. I believe that on many different queries, especially in the real estate area, that they're they're filtering up uh, Yelp uh, and or Zillow and and whatever else real estate kind of stuff on there, because not because they have the signals to be there. Because when I take a look at the signals, they, they seem completely dissimilar to me. Uh, but because Google thinks that spot four is reserved for a Yelp-like site and spot eight is reserved for like a Zillow-like site, and that's why I think they're getting put there. So it depends on who you want to believe. Do you want to believe Ted or me? The the upshot, the good news. Is that the answer is the same? I would I would do SEO as normal, and what Clint said is valid as well. It depends on the search query. Uh, the more long tail you get, the more specific it's going to be. The more you have a chance of beating out Yelp and Zillow. Um, so for real estate, yeah, uh, you definitely can. You can. I don't know. I'm not saying you can outrank Yelp and Zillow. I'm saying you can compete with Yelp and Zillow, and you can be on page one, and you can be part of the mix for sure. 
if you need help doing that, if you, if you have any questions doing that, email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. I'd be happy to try and help you out with that. Let's see what else we got going on here in the chat. Like I said, guys, this is an all-question all site clinic. If you have a site you want us to look at, you have a question you want us to answer, we'll try and answer it to the best of our ability. Um, uh, thanks, guys. If I get the time, I'll join the Skype group and do a case study. Josh has forgot to mention it so far in this episode. Oh, thank you, Benjamin. Yes, I have this thing. If you want to extend the conversation, I have this thing called a Skype group. <laughs> Where we talk, you can you can join it. Email me at joshbachinsky at gmail.com or you can go to the conference website, the White Hat versus Black Hat Conference at White Hat versus Black Hat Conference.com. You can sign up for both the conference and for the Skype group there. I'm starting to get the uh, the presenters nailed down, and it looks like it's gonna be a great conference, some very interesting presentations we got coming up. So Jeremy says, I have a new client in three. Okay, I'm glad for you, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You're probably referring to someone else or talking with someone else. Uh, I have no idea what that means, but uh, I, I appreciate a, a brain twister, and I'm trying to figure it out. Um, Jeff Stevenson says, on an affiliate marketing site from an SEO perspective, would creating content to link internally to your money page be better in blog or post form? Would creating content to link internally to your money page be better in blog or post form. Um, this is kind of a WordPressy question because when you say blog or post form, that means the exact same thing in my head. Um, Clint, do you have a you, you use WordPress far more than I do? Do you have any uh, opinion about this? Yeah, you know, the only thing he just kind of is probably just typed it fast and I do the same thing. He probably either using a page or a post to create that supporting content, and honestly. It, does matter not <laughs> you can you can do whatever you want however you got your site set up to make it easier for you to work then then do it that way i make my money pages pages and my supporting comment blog posts because i have those blog posts in categories and the category uh, urls are redirected to the money page so um that's that's just how i do it and you know it's as far as google's concerned they're both equal weight they're both web pages so they're happy yeah i, I mean Sorry, Ted, go ahead. I was just saying I agree with Clint. Yes, uh, so me too. I mean, from for myself, the rules of internal linking are are, 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 are these ones. The 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 web page, the, the web pages that you want to rank on your site, not necessarily your index page either, they need to be dedicated to a keyword. They need to be optimized for that keyword. You need to link to it throughout the whole site using those keywords or something close to it. Uh, they need to get the most links the most link juice on the site. So when you look in Search Console and you see that your blog has 10,000 links, but your product pages only have a couple hundred, well, your blog is getting all the link, the, your, your internal link juice, and your product pages are not. So you better want to rank your blog and not your product pages. And while you're trying to do that, I would have no idea. I see that all the time, though. And passes through, passes through very well. Yeah. So that should be another test for you. Is I, I would do another test for and not link to your money page. Connect three or four blog pages together, interlinking back and forth all the way, and then link it to that money page. And then just link to your blog posts. Don't link to your money page at all. And I guarantee you that'll pass up that juice very well. Assuming your interlinking is done right. Hmm. I don't think I understand. So you'd have a blog <laughs> with a bunch of pages. Uh, oh, he's going to the whiteboard. Here we go. Going to the whiteboard. He's going to the whiteboard, folks. Clint's going in. He's drawing on the whiteboard. 
So your money page, and then one, two, three, four, five supporting blog posts. These are all interlinked. You can get as crazy as you want with it, but typically I interlink them all to each other. So this one's linking to this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're all linking to each other, and then they link to the money page individually. And then you send your backlinks up here this way. So oh, everything I see. goes that way. So and now these all gain power. They're all sharing the same. They're all sharing unique backlinks individually uh, to each other and passing all that power to the money page. And I've ranked money pages with just this setup versus sending links directly to this. And another good thing is if my links get in trouble, then I can just kill this off and my money page is still good. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Is your and money page the index page or is it a product page or something? That could be a product page or your home page if it's local. Like if this is a great setup for local. Uh, it just depends on how your site's set. But right. you know, that could be an affiliate product and here's your supporting things for, you know, I'm selling <clears throat> baby carriages and here's all the things that you can do with baby carriages and where you can go and how these baby carriages are awesome and help you out and then you send it to that. And you use a very similar structure in online retail because something magical happens when you start sending backlinks to your product pages. And typically the things that you're doing your pay-per-click on, your paid advertising, are going to be products or categories. Mm. So the things that, you know, kind of organically that you would see in a healthy online retailer is that all the backlinks would be congregating for the products and categories. Mm -hmm. So when you see an online store that's top-heavy with all of the backlinks predominantly going to the homepage and nothing happening on the on the product pages, you've got an abnormal linking structure. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's yeah. where everyone messes that silo stuff up because they always link to the top of the silo and they forget about all of this stuff. If they go the other way, the silo actually works the way it's intended for them. Yeah, yeah, and no, and I don't think... That's a very, those are two both very brilliant, very good points. And I don't think I even necessarily disagree because in your, your draw, in your diagram behind you there, Clint, the, the, the money page, the product page will be getting the majority of the sites linked to. All I'm saying is that whatever pages you want to rank on your site, they have to be getting the majority of the link juice through the do follow links on your site. However you do that from bottom up or top down, it doesn't really matter. It only matters when it comes to what, backlinks are coming into the site and Ted and Clint again are both correct that you don't want them all going to the index page because that does look awfully suspicious and people learned some time ago that if you want to rank uh, an internal product page either it has to have direct it has have both direct link juice itself and or it has to have sufficient internal juice that's supplemented by off juice anyway you can't just for most niches you can't just have in juice uh, if I could just start using these terms, in juice or just internal link juice, that does give you uh, a certain amount of page rank that generates out of nothingness that gives you your product page the ability to rank. But you're going to have to supplement all that in juice without juice with with uh, not off off page backlinks anyway. And so it all is a matter of how you write it, route it together. But there was an extra brilliance in the way you showed on your whiteboard there, Clint which I do myself and I agree completely is that what you call your silo portion there or, or the, uh, the portions that were all unilaterally linking like this, I call mm -hmm. those link routers and I use those all the time. And yes, 
definitely when you start getting in trouble or you're wondering maybe a link was bad or or you're wondering uh, if you're getting a manual action and you got to cut links right away, having three pieces, having the backlink, a link router, and then the target page. So my head's the link router in this case, right? So you can cut away the link router and then that link juice is, is gone right away. And so that's another way of doing it as well. So I agree with that. I agree with that completely. But at the end of the day, the important thing is that however you do it, that link juice, the, the pages on your site that you want to rank, they have to have the most of the link juice. And the last thing I didn't say is that also there's a special bonus up usually because most links come into the index page and then filter down. There's a special bonus for having uh, on the index page and the main content and the main content on the index page, you have a couple links to your top five products and those link out specially. So without cranking out a linking tool and seeing exactly how you're doing your interlinking, which is sometimes uh, important to do when you have to do it, I can just look at Search Console and see, okay, your blog has 10,000 links, but your product pages only have 300. That seems to me that's going to be off and you're not going to be able to do this. Uh, uh, usually that's by accident and usually it's not intended and usually they're not routing all that blog link juice back into the products because then I would see the products having more, more uh, links anyway. But you're right, Clint. It, the links is not a good way of telling. I need to actually see how much page rank there is or page authority there is. I'd need to actually use those kind of metrics. Mm -hmm. So let's see what other questions we can answer here. Um, uh, Amit Singh, oh, if there's only an AL on the end of your name, my friend, then you would be Amit Singh all. And you were the head of search for Google for 12 years or so. <laughs> and then you apparently went to... Um, What's that car share service everyone uses that's not in my town? Lyft, what's it called? Uber. You guys all Uber, right? That's the one? They, I'm sorry, I don't know I don't know what it's called because in Victoria they won't allow it. The taxi cab, taxi cabs band together and, and I'll threaten to murder the mayor or something if they allowed it Uber in here. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Amit, sing all, wink, wink. I know it's you. You ask, can I apply local business schema on my different product page? For example, we have an office in Florence, Rome, and Venice, Barcelona, and many more cities selling products. Okay, here's the first thing you need to do, Amit. You need to invite me and pay for me to come down to all these locations. And I need to stay there for a couple of months in each one. And then I can help you. No, I'm just kidding. It just look like, you know, it looked like some really nice places, Florence, Rome, Venice, Barcelona. Um, uh, uh, no, I'm <laughs> Josh tries to make jokes. So yes, you can use your local business schema on your different product pages for those different ones. Um, if you have different uh, languages, Florence, Rome, Venice, and Barcelona, that's some Italian and one Spanish, right? So if yeah. you have different languages, you're going to need an hreflang on those different pages as well. Uh, and many more cities selling products. So uh, yes, you can, I think. Ted, what do you think about this? Oh, sorry. Can you repeat the question? I was reading the comments and chat. Oh, um, I don't really know what the question is. Can I apply local business schema on my different product oh, pages? Mayday. You know, yeah. unless unless that product is only being sold in those areas and that's it, uh, you would cut yourself out of the rest of the global market for that product. Mm. So you got to be careful because when you apply the regional uh, uh you know, specification, when you put those hints to Google, it can filter you out of a lot of good things that you could get nationally. 
Then he's talking about two different schema markups here. I think product so. markup is one, and yeah. local location markup is completely different. So yes, that's he why needs I'm to figure confused. out the difference between those two things and what. And his question is not very clear at all. So, it, is he? Does he have these stores and he wants that mark up those stores? Then yes, you can mark up those stores. If you're all of your stores are all selling the same product, don't put that product on each one of those stores and then mark it up again in that store location. Because like Ted said, now you're screwing yourself because of all that internet traffic. Use that product market only on that store page on that product page. If that makes sense. Hopefully that makes a little bit more sense than that question that I think. I think I think that's a pretty good answer for the question. <laughs> I, I believe I think that's what he's asking. I think that's what he's asking. Um, Pauline asks, uh, what's your bread and butter links you always build to a site? Ooh, that's a good question. Who wants to go first on that one? I'll, I'll black hat some microsite footer links just to get something started. Oh, you dirty dog, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh branding especially if it's a brand new site it's not done i do all the branding all the you know the facebook school plus all that stuff uh all the sites from noam and then if it's a new thing like this and i'm just starting a new page from the bottom of that silo i start off with social uh bookmarks and that, that kind of stuff uh, and then from there you just kind of go go where you have to go so uh, for myself, it's always acquiring guest blog posts because I emailed them and asked them nicely, and so they give it to me organically. Right. Uh, you know, high quality blogs and for free. Uh, <laughs> Without any expectation of payment. <laughs> bullshit. Uh, uh, to use Clint's joke, because uh, uh, on high quality blogs and high quality newspapers, which I have to ask really nicely, if you know what I mean. I usually link directly to the product and or to the index page, and it all depends on that last question we had as to how the internal link juice is flowing. But this is only after I make sure the conversions on that page are perfectly optimized and so we have a good user's quality signal. That's step one always. I always install something like Crazy Egg and follow the clicks and watch where they go to make sure that that page is converting optimally because I'm making the client money in doing that just alone, never mind the SEO benefit that I know for a fact that's going to have because I've tested it empirically. Then two, I'm always using Kyle's Page Optimizer Pro uh, tool. It was the previous tool that was in beta that I was using. You can use the coupon code JOSH5, that's J-O-S-H-5, capital J, I would say H5 for free five credits in its tool. I'll put that in the description for the uh, for as well. And it's Page Optimizer Pro, I'll also put the, uh, URL in the chat as well so you can get that. I use that tool for our on-page optimization. So again, use Josh Fi for that. And keep in, keep in mind that the, uh, the methodology that you use for uh, link building really depends on the scale of the project you have. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the stores I've worked with in the past they would have 12 million backlinks. So if you're using a link building methodology that'll get you one high quality link with a full day of effort, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's basically no value for that business. That 300 links when you already have 12 million is gonna do nothing for you. It's a wasted opportunity. Uh, but if, if you have a small you know, business that you're just starting up, 300 quality backlinks is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. So 
really, you know, where where you're at and, you know, the life cycle of your brand is probably going to dictate what methods you need to use. Yeah, definitely. And so then, so I would do the conversions first, quality algorithms first, and I would do the on-page. I would see where that landed me, and then I would just top it up with some off-page signals. The off-page signals I use would be social. I'd have your social uh, uh, paradigms running, and I'd have shares going on, and I'd have some Facebook traffic that would be good that people would like, blah, 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 blah. And then the last thing I would do would be adding these guest blog posts. And 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 um, uh, Ted brings up a good point. If, you're, if your site already has sufficient page authority, if you have sufficient, if you have 12 million links, right, if you have sufficient page authority to rank in that, on that SERP, I don't add any more because then you're just uh, throwing uh, money away and you're adding the chances that Google's not going to like those links or going to catch you or find you or something like that. So that's what it kind of means to me to be a white hat SEO is that I'm doing white hat first and then maybe I'll dip into gray and then maybe I'll dip into black. I didn't say that. You didn't hear that. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, you don't just throw more links at it and, and hope it'll rank uh, because at some point uh, for a lot of niches, you don't need a lot of link juice one and two um, it, you're just throwing good money after bad in, in many cases. All right. DM asks another question is Clint talk. I, I guess can Clint talk about pages on your site or other sites that you build specifically for the tier. Clint, do you mind explaining to us a little bit about how you do your silos? Oh, he's asking if the if the bottom row is that on the site. Yeah, and, and the question is the answer is yes. I actually work towards ranking as high as I can with as much supporting content as I can before I even start worrying about link building. So because then I don't have to worry about link building penalties and Google updates and any of that crap. So um, everything here is that you see is all on site, uh, and then you just start with you know once you start adding content and you're like this is getting me nowhere. Then you know you've done enough, then start building your more high power backlink. So you're always going to put social as you publish these. Uh, but at some point, you're just going to run into the point of no return. Uh, and then you start sending your high power you know, PBNs or whatever else you want to do. Let me, so that's a, that's, that, that makes me think of a really good question. How many niches have you guys ranked in where you didn't need any links at all? Where all you did is proper on page and some internal linking and and maybe social or whatever, and you didn't need to get any links at all. Have you? Has that ever happened for you, or have you always needed to add links? Uh, go ahead, Corey. I was gonna say the we're in one affiliate niche right now, where it's it's backlinks. So, you know, we have some of the best content that's published out there, and it doesn't matter. We have to have <laughs> you have to have backlinks, and none of the supporting content that we created even touched it. So. Um, there are some, you're just going to find that there are some markets that are, if there's a lot of money in it, you're going to need backlinks. This is the way I look at it. It's a good rule of thumb. It's statistically <laughs> most likely. What about, what about you, Ted? It's a gotcha question. So when I had an online retail store that had, you know, 24,000 SKUs in it, that's an awful lot of pages and that internal page rank within the site, mm -hmm. that's all backlinks to the pages. And yeah, when we oh, put gotcha. into the global nav, every product saw a boost. Yeah, uh, you know. So uh, I don't think I have any sites that rank 100% without backlinks. And it seems like the larger the site is, the easier it is to rank because that in internal page rank counts for a lot. It might not be the same as external page rank, but it's still pretty powerful. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because as many as you can get on your own. Like I have ranked with just using Cora a couple of really good terms, service mm-hmm. terms. Um, just using Cora. But I've found that the more if you go long tail and as many of those long tails that you can capture eventually you earn the trust of Google. And then you're gonna start answering questions and gonna start showing you more in those featured snippet things. Uh, then you really know you've earned the trust of Google. Then you can go after those bigger terms. Uh, with less uh, on-page uh, or with less backlinks. You know, I've ranked against other SEOs for a city and city SEO term with just using Cora, and I didn't even implement everything, and I went from 54 to 4 without one single backlink. Um, so it's it's the term, it's the, the trust of the site, and then ultimately it's you know, DA or trust factor of the domain that you're working with. And kind of guide that and i totally agree with clint what he just said there is kind of the magic uh the better your on-page tuning is the less link building you need to do exactly yeah um and and that's why i think for me that's that's what my process is to do the conversion optimization or 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 you can do the on-page first then you do the conversion optimization that's interchangeable and then you use some social and you have a trusted site anyway, and you've done this on all the pages, and so you have a high quality score for the site, Google knows that this site is gonna answer questions really, really well, people like it, they get what they want fast, quick, boom. And I've ranked for a lot of actually fairly competitive terms uh, that didn't, I didn't have any backlinks at all, or like 14 or some stupid little amount of backlinks that just got automatically made because I made a, a site on whatever it is, GoDaddy, and like these 20 other sites are like, this is a GoDaddy site and link to me, you know, like just, just weird technical kind of cruft spam links that you get. That's all it took with some social. And they're like, oh, okay, boom. And I got ranked in like, in I've, I've done that in niches where the, the impressions were 100 to 200,000 a month. So that's a fairly beefy, that's a fairly meaty niche. But I totally also agree that, uh, you know, you can't do that all the time and you're, and the more you do this, the more you're going to need backlinks as well. So you have to have a plan in place for all those things. But if you're ignoring any one of those things, you, you're not going to succeed as well or at all uh, also. Okay, let's see here. Uh, the Furman UK says, does internal link text affect ranking, i.e. link, read my reviews here, end link? Yes, the internal linking text has to be pretty much close to exact match or as close to exact match as you can get it. It needs to be a descriptive anyway. At least that's my opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's on your site. So highlight it. Go for it. I know a lot of people will teach you, oh, no, that anchor text ratio matters. But if you wrote a review about product review, then click on there. Hey, read my product review. And then make that product review uh, clickable. I, I leverage the hell out of that. I use exact match almost every time. Yeah, and the tests that we've done show that exact match works perfectly fine. All of our tests for linking we've done have been 100%, not 90, not 80, 100% exact match anchor text, and we've had no problems giving a page a boost. Every time we make a link, the page gets a boost, internal, external, however we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there could be weird cases where – and Google's getting really smart, and, and I was talking to Kyle about this the other day, and he's he's talking to me about his theory of keyword clusters or keyword families, where you see this on AdWords uh, when, you're, when you're using the keyword planner, where it'll say, okay, these are the families of keywords that, that you should go for, and, and you can get the sense that, you know, like, 
weird Xmas gifts is going to also rank for strange Christmas presents, and that's all going to have a certain percentage uh, 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 carryover. But exact match always is, at least for now, exact match is always better. Well, external is a little different. So, like, internally, I go like 100% exact match. But external links, I it depends really on what everyone else is doing because you can kind of figure out that ratio of what you need. Uh, and then where are you ranking? So if you keep doing ex exact match, exact match, exact match, and at some point it just not doesn't seem to be working up, change it up. Use the match terms from Quora instead. Google's already said, hey, these bold words are directly related to your search terms, so use those instead. Uh, and then you'll see some movement. And then eventually that will change, and maybe you got to do some generic stuff. Um, so it, really that's that's a lot about doing math and research, see what everyone else is doing, and kind of just kind of mirror that, and then you'll be good to go. If you guys are wondering what this Quora software is, it's the software that Ted made, and it's awesome. It tests over 500 different factors for uh, uh, what correlates with rankings, uh, and it does that in under five minutes. If you want to get it, go to bit.ly slash get dash Cora, and you can get it for 25% off. I can also put that in the chat here. Uh, I will uh, do that in a second. Um, I'm a, just, I have links to everything. Deep Clean Dave says, I noticed on one of my sites that the contact page URL was slash contact three, so I changed it to slash contact. Should I 301 redirect the old contact three URL to the newly named contact URL? Yes, no, maybe. The I would have just left it. Searching for it. <laughs> yeah, I would have just left it. That, that that three is not hurting or, or helping you in any way. I have one that's my domain slash SEO two because when I made the SEO category redirect, it, there was an image that was made SEO, and I just didn't feel like deleting all that stuff and rebuilding it. It's not that number is not going to hurt anything. I would have, I would have just left it. Yeah, but now that you changed it, add the redirect and just be done. It's not going to hurt or help. You know, unless there was links going to it, there's really no point in or traffic. So, and don't think about it for more than ten seconds because that's how important. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Brian Schalks. Asks, linking back to my EMD site from PMD site, I own both sites in same niche. Should I use a branded term or partial match or a naked link? Link is index page to index page. Link is one way, PMD to EMD. Again, in my testing in single variable environment, we found no, we found no penalties whatsoever for using 100% exact match anchor text. Yeah, I'd use the in that case. I would go exact match because you have the keyword relevancy in your parcel match for the keyword relevancy in the URL and your exact match. They're working hand in hand together. As long as they're not duplicate sites, then I would I would link those together. Exact match. Yeah, and kudos to you if you can get to page one for a target term once. Why not do it twice? Exactly. Do it twice. <laughs> why not do it five times? Oh so, yeah. He just wanted he, to do it once, just to prove he could do it, and he's going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can do it. Mic drop. Boom. Um, yeah, I mean, that being said, though, even though in testing I've never been able to make negative SEO from linking work, that being said, in, in the wild, and especially when it's not my own site, it's client sites as well, when I'm asking or suggesting that these links be made organically completely, uh, and when they say, oh, well, what kind of anchor text should I use, hypothetically speaking? And I say, well, it would be very nice if you use this or that. Uh, this or that is usually partial match or usually synonym or variation based. 
but it's sometimes exact match as well, especially when it's an EMD. You do have to be careful with EMDs because they do seem to get filtered. I know Kyle and I have a disagreement about that. And, and by proxy, Clint and I have a disagreement about that. But, uh, but in the wild, I just don't see that many EMDs ranking for higher head terms. That being said, I think that's a quality problem. I think that EMDs are put under a, a more serious Panda uh, filter threshold. I don't think that's a linking problem at all. Uh, and so, quite frankly, I don't think I I, I don't think that uh, anchor text ratio is is a factor in linking at all, unless maybe it it, it triggers something for um, for the manual team. Maybe maybe the manual team looks at it. They go, "This looks spammy," and 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 it, it hurts you that way. Otherwise, I don't believe that there's uh, any kind of problem there. That being said, I would always err on the side of caution because risk mitigation is for the white hat job one. And so I would I would mix it up just just to be just for ease of fluency and to make the, the links look natural, latch naturally donated and not and not acquired in any way. Fortune asks the probably the best question of the whole show, uh, the question you've all been wondering about, and the question that is the most important for SEO for sure is how do I grow a beard like Josh's? The answer is testosterone. <laughs> that's that's the end. You have to, <laughs> first, you must walk out into the wilds, and then you must find a deer skull like this, and then you must cradle it in your hands. You must look at it and say, teach me the secrets of SEO, and then a, a shaman comes forth from the smoke and teaches you these secrets. I ate some mushrooms I found in, in, in the in the bush before that. I don't know. It could have had something to do with it. I'm not really sure. I also I live in Victoria, which is close to Seattle, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of whatever this means. I'm I'm using a lot of hand signs today. Everything I got people people who are listening on this is also a podcast and 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 my my friend takes this this show and puts it on iTunes. And so for people who are listening on the podcast, I, I was making a money sign with my with my fingers, and I was I was making a, a blunt smoking a blunt sign with my with my fingers. That's it's just so you know what's going on. I'm sure the I'm sure the podcast people are like, dude, come on, I can't see. That's how you grow a beard like mine, there, uh, Fortune. So you'll be a lucky lucky guy. He also asks, uh, uh, hopefully, an SEO question. <laughs> he asks, what is the difference between Cora and the new on-page tool you mentioned? So I, I did mention the difference. Kyle's Page Optimizer Pro is just focusing on his experiments he did on key spots for on-page optimization. And I'm doing experiments into this as well. And it's fascinating what will give you a boost in, in your on-page optimization and what will not. Uh, Cora is, it's not a replacement for Cora. Cora does that on-page metrics. And I'm pretty sure by the time 3.9 or 4 rolls around, it'll do the same tests as, as Kyle's tool is doing. Ted, nod your head like this if that's that's true. Well, uh, there's there's a couple fundamental differences between Kyle's tool and Cora. I was just trying to talk uh, up Cora, Ted. You're supposed to nod your head and say yes. It'll be better. Well, Everything well, will be good. I mean, you know, Kyle Kyle would agree that Cora is you know the authoritative measurement tool, yes. but that's not what Kyle's tool is trying to be. Uh, Kyle's tool, uh, you have to pick the websites you're trying to emulate your rankings of yes and so there's an there's an art form into doing that pick the right websites and you can read the data that's produced there it's going to give you some tips on how they're tuning their pages and how you can tune your pages to be tuned like their pages all right yeah. and 
So Cora, Cora does it automatically. Cora will go through and automatically choose all your competitors and we'll check not only those 10 factors, we'll check like 600 different factors or 500 different factors, off page, on page, social, things you never think about checking, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, and uh, Kyle's tool is, you know, it, it's a, a lot less to take in. So if you're easily overwhelmed, then Kyle's tool might be a good fit for you. Cora uh, is really for number crunchers and, and really hardcore uh, SEOs that like working with data. And if you want measurement data to, to back what you're doing, Cora uh, is a really great tool for that. Yeah, and I think it's probably the way, I look, the way I tell people is if you're only good at basic on-page optimization, then implement Kyle's tool. And then if you're a technical SEO and you're ready for the advanced on-page optimization, then look at Cora. That's a good way of doing it too. I think would you guys say it's fair to say that Cora is more of an agency tool, especially in pricing as well, and Kyle's tool is is more of a beginning tool and it's it's lower priced. It's it's more economically priced. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, I I, I think Cora is pretty approachable um, oh, at its current pricing. It's not like uh, it's, it's like Ahrefs is some eight hundred dollars a month or something stupid like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not as high as I would want it to be. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Given given that you know a, a platform like SEO Clarity, the entry level is going to be like twenty five grand a year. You know, mm. Cora is very cheap in comparison to you know what. Uh, you know what a lot of the big houses are using. Uh, you know the way the way I look at it is, you know, Cora makes a good SEO better, and you know that that cost. While yeah, it's more expensive than your entry level packages with other tools. Um, you know, what's the value of being much better at what you do? You know, what's the power? Uh, you know, what what's it worth to have? that extra capability and to be able to do it faster and with better authority and reduce costs. Kyle's um, tool doesn't give you any knowledge. Cora, Cora and single variable experiments are the only ways you can get actual knowledge in SEO and you're not guessing, you're not making hypotheses, you're building knowledge, you're building facts as to what, what the ranking factors are. Um, Kyle's tool, if I use a martial arts metaphor, uh, Kyle's tool is like going to a grappling seminar on the weekend and, and maybe learning a little bit about guard. Cora is getting a whole black belt in some martial art. Like it's a, it's a complete whole thing. So there's there's really no comparison, quite frankly. You kind of need both if you want to be. Yeah, I, yeah you need both. I, those are staples in my team now. They don't do basic on-page optimization without running Kyle's tool. And then my advanced guys don't do a single thing until we get a Cora sheet run. So Exactly. You need a baseline to see what's going on. And the, one of the really interesting things, like just to, to, to really underline that point for people who are listening, one of the Google updates that Google did recently, not this last one, or maybe not the last second one, but the, the third one recently they did, uh, they said was a quality update, but Ted pr was able to prove them a liar because he ran a, a, a Quora report for a, a keyword he watches very closely just before the update and before after the update. And he found that terms of service had a, had a 50 point correlation difference up a terms of service page. And he also found that HTTPS or having an SSL certificate was 50 cor uh, correlation points up. And yeah. uh, uh, people tested that theory. And so they put a terms of service page on their site, at least three people who listened to my, my, my show, and they all had huge boosts in Google after that. And so 
Google was lying that it was just a quality update and there's nothing you can do to, to fix it. They, they, well, were, they were completely lying and Ted could prove it, it with Cora. It depends how they define quality. I would call those exactly. things trust. You know, those yeah. would be in the trust. So there's buckets of factors. There's authority that has backlinks and citations. There's relevance that has your keyword usage on page. Uh, there's quality. Uh, which is effectively measured with CTR and repeat visitation, things of that nature, mm -hmm. uh, or manually. And then there's this last bucket that's trust, which is you know your contact info, your terms of service, privacy policy, uh, hours of operations, uh, yeah. you know stuff like that. Corporate directory. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean you're right. It, it, what's what's in a name? Oh Romeo, what's in a name? Uh, quite frankly, uh, uh, you know, having a terms of service page and being encrypted is part of what Google would probably consider quality and has been in the quality raters guideline for over 10 years. So that they, 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 they probably don't think they're lying. They were lying when they said there's nothing you can do to fix it. You can very easily put a terms of service page on your site and, and, and get, a, get an HTTPS certificate. So, all right, we're getting to the close to the end of the show here, and that's Cora that lets you do it. Bitly slash get dash Cora if you want to try Cora out, and PageOptimizer.pro use uppercase J Josh five for five free extra credits in that system if you want to give it a test. Let's see if we can answer all these questions before the show is done. Lenry one three three seven or Len Lenry Leet asks: Is faking UX on sites a thing? Such as faking clicks to increase CTR, increasing time on page, blah, 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 using automated bots. Does it have any effect? Yes, I've tested this, and the effect is it de indexes your page. Don't do it. <laughs> this, is, this is now the lightning round where I'm going to give you a, a, a 10 second answer. <laughs> Don't. I've tried it. We, we used to get it to work with micro workers, and now Google's even uh, finding out we're doing that. So if you're in the US, don't do it. In Europe, you can try it because they don't own as much as the internet backbone there, but here they own. They own huge portions. They can look at routing tables. They can see what you're doing. Don't. Still fronting. Oh, no. DM Zane says, it's an affiliate program I'm doing. Yes, yes, yes. Still fronting says, Josh, when you say social, can you give us some examples of what you mean? I can tell you exactly what I mean. There are two social factors that have been tested, and Cora also uh, correlates that they, they, they uh, boost ranking. One, shares of your page on, uh, on major social networks like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Google+. Notice it's that shares, not likes. Likes don't do dick. It's got to be shares. Yes, you're absolutely right. We tested shares. So essentially, they're no follow links. So, and we and we also tested no follow links, and no follow links give the boost. So I don't know if it's actually the shares in the system that give the boost, or Google is just seeing more no follow links, which we tested and also give a boost. But that's one. Two, having a an organic, real viewership and readership and comments and and an active social page on a major social network like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, maybe Pinterest, and you have in your website field, you have your website listed, and on your website, you have your web, your uh, your Twitter page and your, fa your Facebook page and whatnot listed there, and the URL is reciprocal. That's been proven also to, that correlates highly with rankings. Uh, that correlates highly with rankings in Quora. I think we've tested that in SIA as well, and we, we show that it gave a boost as well. That's, so that's exactly what I mean. And sometimes just doing that is enough of an off-page signal to rank pages without having to get links. Although sometimes links are easier, quite frankly, than doing all that. <laughs> so maybe just acquire the links. I'm making the money symbol again. The money symbol is being made again in my hands. Um, uh, let's see. Any other questions for us? Now people are just chatting. 
I don't see. Okay, that's it. We've answered all the questions. I know I said we'd do some site clinics, but only one person supplied one. And answering questions is easier because it just involves me flabbing my gums, which I'm quite good at flabbing my gums and 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 stuff like that. Or at least I I I like to do it. I like the sound of my own voice, which is pretty obvious because I have a show like this and I have a giant ego, which is which again is super obvious. So um, with that. <laughs> With that, let's uh, let's. Uh, what are your final thoughts? Your final ten second thoughts, Clint, Ted. What, what do you have to say? What's your final uh, thought for the day? No, I think I had a good show. Um, there is a guy in the chat. There, his name is Jordan Pierce. He does some local stuff and local maps. He'd be a good guest. I finally got him to show up live, and we'll get him on here one day for you and tell, tell you about Google Maps stuff. Ooh, that would be great. So, yeah, Jordan, come on the show. That'd be fantastic. I'm also trying to invite some other people on the show as well. Uh, Calgary Painters uh, wants to know if we can do a live demo of Kyle's tool. Sure, we can do that. So that's a good good, good deal maybe for the next show. So thanks for the suggestion. So, yeah, maybe next show, uh, if I remember, uh, email me, remind me, maybe, <laughs> and we'll, we'll do a live demo of uh, of Kyle's tool, and maybe we can do Cora. Hey, you know what we can do when when the new version's ready, or when Ted, whenever Ted wants to do this, we can do a side by side. This is what Cora does for you, and this is what Kyle's tool does for you, and then we'll clear up all this co this confusion as to which tools which and which does which. Maybe we could do that. Sure. That'd be cool to do. Okay, fantastic. All right, guys. So this has been the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. I would like to thank Clint Butler, Ted Kabaitis, uh, everyone in the chat. I'd like to thank my mom, my dad. I'd like to thank uh, uh, Clint's dog, which I hear in the background there. I'd like to thank the, the deer who had to die to, for the SEO knowledge that I acquired. Uh, uh, follow me on, on Twitter. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Go join my White Hat group versus black hat group go to my conference like this video everything else i'm supposed to say i don't even know anymore everything i'm supposed to say and uh, if you have any questions email me at joshmachinsky at gmail.com and as i say as always good luck in the service bye-bye guys <laughs>